can do that. <laughs> so the theme for the month, nurture empowered consciousness. Yay. Yay, nurture empowered consciousness. And today's talk is thoughts and thanks. Because that's really what empowers us, isn't it? This attitude of gratitude. We're, we're taught that all the time, you know, be grateful. Be grateful, right? Thankful, thankfulness makes us focus on the things we have, right? Not the things we want. We're grateful for the things that are around us. So this idea of gratitude is always we're grateful for whatever. But, it, but um, gratitude places our attention on our current good. It keeps us in the present moment, which, which of course, is where we want to be. Um, Robert Holden had wrote this. He said, beware of destination addiction, because we do have a tendency to do this. Beware of destination addiction, the preoccupation with the idea that happiness is at the next place, the next job, or with the next partner. Until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else, it'll never be where you are. So we have to give up that. We have to really just be grateful for where we are, when we're there, with everything that we have. And, and we know in new thought, we've been told this for years, gosh, when did the secret come out? I don't know, even <laughs> 2007. Anyway, even before that, we know that energy flows where attention goes, right? We've been taught that forever and always. Energy flows where attention goes. So that means what you focus on, that's where your energy is. You know when they talk about paying attention? That's what you're paying. <laughs> you're paying with your energy. You're paying with your energy because your energy is going to flow to wherever your mind is, wherever you're, whatever you're focused on. What you, what you focus on grows. It commands your energy, your, your mental energy, and your emotional energy as well, right? But all of that happens in the present moment. When we're in our, our, our destination addiction, we're in the future, aren't we? We're just not here. We're not here. We're in the future. And what we know about the future is it's not the present. <laughs> it's kind of obvious. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> it's not the present. And, and the thing about that is the present is where our power is. It is where all of our power to speak our word, to place those ideas powerfully in our intention. Right? We have to do all that work in the present moment. And if we're out in the future worrying about the future or we're in the past regretting the past, we're not in our power because all of our power resides in the present moment. We name it and claim it right here, right now. And that's why, you know, you'll notice when we teach um, affirmations, right? The affirmations at the end of the celebration, they're, they're always in the present tense. We speak them as if they are true now, that they are true for us now because in a way they are. If you think about it, in a way they are. Everything that ever was, everything that ever will be, everything is present right here, right now. This is the nature of energy. All the energy in the universe, all of it, ever was, ever will be, is present right here, right now. Right? We can't create it. We can't destroy it. All it can do is change form. So it is all here. So we can make those affirmations with the absolute knowledge that we're speaking truth. And we're speaking truth to the power of the universe. We're speaking truth to that power of the universe that then goes on to make it manifest. We know it does. So what we resonate in, what we resonate in, you know the bubble? You know you're in a bubble, right? <laughs> that bubble that you're in, those predominant thoughts have a tendency to manifest. 
your predominant thoughts have a tendency to manifest because that's the energy that you're dwelling in. It's like, you know, there's a, that's another, that's another um, new thought um, saying is like attracts like. Have you heard that one too? That one always used to confuse me. Honestly, because I have a, you know, a biomedical chemical background, and I'm like, no, magnetically, opposites attract. Like doesn't attract like. Who made this up? <laughs> you know, that's not right. However, from, a, from a, a purely biochemical standpoint, if you think about us as beings, right, there's seven and a half billion of us floating around the planet, um, and we know that we resonate in our attitude, we, we resonate, the energy that is us goes beyond our physical body, right, it's out here someplace. Anybody get in your bubble and you go, ooh, you know, you know that feeling, right? It's because they're in your bubble, because you have a bubble that extends out beyond you so far. Now, I thought about it the other day, and I was like, well, you know what? If I liken that to cells in the body, right? There's trillions of cells in our body. Okay, so there's seven and a half billion of us wandering around the planet. What if we're the, what if we're the body of God? We keep saying that, right? We're the body of God. So each one of us is a cell in the body of God. Here's the thing. Cells, membranes have receptor sites on them, don't they? They have receptor sites. They allow certain things in. Well, if our receptor sites are our thoughts, what's your predominant thought? What are you letting in? So like attracts like. It absolutely does. If you have the receptor site on your bubble that says happiness, happiness gets in. If your receptor sites are joy and love and abundance, joy and love and abundance gets in. If your receptor site says loneliness and misery, that's what gets in. It's a horrible thing, yeah, you know, ugh. But, but you, you see what I'm saying, right? There, there are receptor sites all around. You're making them with your thoughts. So you're receptive too. So yes, like attracts like. I get it. I know that one now. It's like, oh, that makes sense, right? And, and if we don't have the receptor site for misery or loneliness or, or that, we won't, that doesn't come in. It doesn't come into our bubble. So, so like does attract light. I was so excited when I thought that. I was like, oh, it's not magnetic, it's chemical. I get it now. Anyway, so, so here's what Ernest Holmes had to say about that. He said, when we speak words of thanksgiving to God within, knowing before they ask, I answer, there is something in this attitude of thanksgiving that carries us beyond the field of doubt into one of perfect faith and acceptance and receptivity. This is realization. He goes on to say, appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving, the motive power which attracts and magnifies the hidden potential of life. Attracts the hidden potential of life. So if we resonate, if in our bubble, it's all gratitude, right? It's all thanksgiving for everything and everything, anything. If we're practicing gratitude all the time, right? Our bubble is just gratitude. That's radical gratitude, right? Can you be grateful for everything? Can you experiment with that and be grateful for everything? Radical gratitude is even being grateful for the bad stuff, right? The quote unquote bad stuff. Of course it is. Because everything, can, everything exists on a continuum, right? We talk about the qualities of God and, and we say they, they exist on a continuum. They have no opposites. God is the good that there has no opposite. Everything is on a continuum. So, so we look at a quality of God like, like love, right? We can exhibit all the love in the entire, you know, that, that we're capable of in, in being just in bliss with unconditional love for all of humanity. Or we can just weasel it down all the way to the smallest amount of love we can possibly demonstrate. We call that hate. We call it hate. 
We exist, we, we, we create a duality where none exists, right? Because we live in the physical world, we create this duality of love and hate. But really, it's only one thing. It's only love on this continuum, right? You with me? That, does that make sense? It does, it does, it's, it really, anyway. So, so if we practice gratitude all the time, that's what our, that's what our, we'd, be, we'd fill up our bubble with, right? That's what our receptor sites would be. Receptor sites would be things to be grateful for. And so that's what would come into our existence. That's what would come into our experience, would be things to be grateful for, right? Even the bad stuff, because we know, since everything, consists, uh, everything exists on the continuum, we know, so even something unforeseen happens, even something that challenges happen, what do we know? We know the good stuff is right there with it. It's two sides of one coin. We just need to find the blessing in it. We still know God is good all the time, even if this quote-unquote bad thing happens, it's like, okay, so there's good right there, right there where the bad thing is. There has to be, because everything exists on a continuum. So we, we just need to look at it. So if we're grateful for even the negative stuff, because the negative stuff leads to positive stuff. Does that make sense? Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> you know, be, because, see, here's the thing. Because going through the negative stuff gets us to the positive stuff, doesn't it? You got to go through to get to. That's really what we're talking about. You got to go through to get to. You know, when we, when we lean into this stuff, even if it's negative, we lean into it, we get through the other side. How many times have, has the worst thing in the world happened to you, right? And then six months later or a year later, you go, you know, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because if I didn't do, go through that, I wouldn't be where I am today, right? How many times have you said that? It's truth. It's truth because the good stuff is right there. It's right there in the bad stuff. It's one and the same. It's the other side of the coin. Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, can, can, <laughs> he said something, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm talking too fast. <laughs> <sighs> Ralph Waldo Emerson said, cultivate the habit of being grateful for every good thing that comes to you and give thanks constantly. And because all things have contributed to your advancement, you should include all things in your gratitude. And that means even the stuff we may not consider good, right? We may not consider good. And you know, the Bible said the same thing in Thessalonians, right? In all things, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In all things give thanks. You know, we're, we're busy rating it and ranking it and judging it. This is good, that's bad, this is okay, you know, this doesn't bother me, this bothers me a great deal. You know, we, we keep going through all of the things that happen to us. Well, if we practice this idea of radical gratitude, we just keep going, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful, whatever it is. And the gift, the gift presents itself. You know, someone said, I don't remember who it was now, look it up. Someone said, <laughs> Being thankful after the prayer is gratitude. Being thankful before the prayer is faith. Right? So that's what we're talking about. And, and in, in recent years, the neuroscientists have discovered this interesting thing about our brains in that fear and gratitude cannot coexist. 
Fear and gratitude cannot coexist in our thoughts, right? They, and, and here's one of the, fear resides in the, in the amygdala, so it's like a totally other spot. It's that reptilian part of our brain, fight or flight, you know, that one where it's like, ah, you know, you see the snake on the ground and you freak out, but then you see it's a garden hose, you know. Your body doesn't know the difference, you know, and so, so everything comes up in you, right? The adrenaline goes, everything is like, holy moly. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I left the hose out, oops, you know. That's where fear is. But feelings of gratitude reside in the neocortex, right? In the front of the brain where our higher thinking is. More evolved capabilities. And so they just, they are not lit up at the same time. So that's the other thing that gratitude does. Gratitude kind of short circuits fear, you know? We, the gratitude actually processes the fear because it can exist at the same time. So it, it, it drives it out, it tames it. How about that? That's a better word, I think. It tames it. Um, and it gives us the possibility of acting out on courage and hope and all of those higher order thinking skills. We're not reduced to just fight or flight. See how that, that works? So when we stay in gratitude, it addresses that idea of fear. And I was looking this week about on all different religions, and every religion has its take on gratitude. And, and every religion that, you know, every modern religion or, or popular religion or big or little, whatever, they all have a certain take on gratitude and what, how it's an integral part of their practice all the time. The, the Jewish morning prayer states, I thank you, living and enduring God, for you have restored my life to me. Great is my thankfulness. They're just, they're just grateful for waking up in the morning. That's, you know, the Jewish morning prayer. It's like, hey, I opened my eyes. I'm still here. Yay. <laughs> Are we grateful for waking up in the morning? That's brilliant. You know, you wake up, and you, well, because we could wake up dead, right? I mean, <laughs> what that would be the other side of that. So you wake up in the morning, you open your eyes, you look around, it's like, wow, I'm still here. Yay. You know, that's something to be grateful for. Just waking up is reason to give thanksgiving. The, is, the Islamic observation of Ramadan is a full month of gratitude. It is a full month of gratitude embodied in fasting and prayer and then culminating, culminating in, in feasting and charity, right? And, and that's what it is. It's just the practice of being grateful for being alive. Buddhists give, give great thanks for everything that life has to offer, including the challenges, right? Including the challenges. Life is suffering. And yet, we are still here doing good work. Because, because it, it, for the Buddhists, they appreciate the gifts. And, and it enables them to become more compassionate when they, they recognize suffering and they, and they live to alleviate it. Right? And, and this, this is an African traditional prayer of gratitude from the Kikuya of Kenya. And their, their prayer is, oh, my father, the great elder, I have no words to thank you. But with your deep wisdom, I am sure that you can see how I value your glorious gifts. It's just, just this gratitude, you know, this idea that just we're grateful for being alive. We're grateful for living on earth. We're grateful for all the gifts that are around us. In Christianity, Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord for God is good and God's mercy endures forever. It's all about gratitude. It's all about gratitude.
You know, and, and I was thinking about it the other day, the story of the, you know, Doubting Thomas, we all know that one. Even if you don't know what page and what book it's in, in the Bible, we've all heard it, you know, the, oh, the whole Doubting Thomas story. And he, you know, he wasn't there in the room the first time the 12 apostles saw the, you know, dead guy for dinner thing. He wasn't there that first time. Well, you know, that's kind of unusual when the dead man shows up for dinner. But, but they told him about it. And Thomas was like, no, nah, I don't believe you. I won't believe it until I see it. So the second time, the 12 of them were up there in that locked room, and they were in a locked room, which is really interesting, too, because isn't that fear? <laughs> they were afraid, because they felt that they were going to be next. You know, they were, a, they were a wanted posse at that point. And so they were in the room, and they were in fear. And so sure enough, Thomas was there the second time. Jesus showed up the second time. And what did he say? He said, peace. He just spoke the word peace, and the fear translated, right? The fear to faith, the fear to gratitude. And so really, when you think about this idea of, of him needing proof, it wasn't, really, it wasn't really about doubting Thomas. It was really about Jesus showing up and dispelling fear and converting it into, into gratitude. It was a story of gratitude, and he, and he filled the space with his gratitude. So it's a, just a different way of looking at the story, but it's it's, again, this idea that our brains can't do both these things at the same time. So it's faith that drives out fear, and I love that. Gratitude replaces the, you know, doubt and fear all the time. And when we surrender to gratitude, we are acknowledging that there is something greater than we are. When we are in gratitude all the time, right, because it's not us, we're not doing the work, we acknowledge there is something greater at work in my life. There's something in charge. There's some other greater glory. There is some grace that descends on us. There's something bigger at work. And so gratitude keeps our, keeps our thoughts lifted, keeps our thoughts higher. It's like we have tuned into um, a, a higher frequency. Yeah, we've tuned into it. It's kind of like your radio stations. God, do we even have radio stations anymore? I don't even know. Everything is, everything is Pandora and Spotify. I don't have a clue. But, but gratitude is like turning into a frequency. We have a frequency of gratitude. Because, because that's really what it is, isn't it? We all go back to our bubble. We're all in a bubble. We're all, we all vibrate at a particular frequency, higher, lower, whatever. I think... I think I just think I lost it. Abraham, isn't it? Abraham, does, don't they talk about levels of, levels of vibration and frequency, right? And, and so it's the same thing. When we are tuning in and out of frequencies all the time that make the outpicturing of our lives happen, right? So we're tuning into harmony. We're tuning into peace. We're tuning into grace. We tune into gratitude. And it seems like the more we tune into gratitude, the more things we have to be grateful for. But we can, just like your radio tuner, we can tune into those other, you know, ugly stations <laughs> that, that don't reinforce that for us, you know? When we tune into the, to the you know, K-grade or whatever it is, you know, the, the channel of gratitude, that is what we are, that's what we're emanating, that's what we're surrounding ourselves with, that's what shows up, is this idea that there's more to be grateful for. Nikola Tesla, who did a 
tremendous amount of work and energy, said this. He said, if you want to find the secrets to the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Energy, frequency, and vibration, because that's really all we are. We're just, we're just energy showing up in a body temporarily, you know, at this point in time. But we're really only energy, and everything around us is only energy. And so all we're doing with our positive thoughts or our um, directed intentions is we're pushing energy around so that it converts from one form to another form because that's all there is is energy. Ernest Holmes said gratitude is not only a virtue, but it's part of a practical philosophy of daily life. There is no wiser way of living than to remember every morning what life has given us and lift up our thoughts in thankfulness for everything we possess. That's what, that's what our practice is. That's what the science of mind and spirit is about. It's about being in gratitude, living in, in grace all the time and knowing the truth of us that God is good, right? Core concept number one, God is all there is and that God is good good all the time. There is no good and, right? And gratitude just does wonders for your body. <laughs> really does. University of California, Berkeley did a study several years ago. Gratitude, gratitude enables us to be more patient with people. Gratitude can improve your relationships. Gratitude can increase your self-care. Does that make sense, right? Because you, you're grateful for the vehicle you came in. You know, this is, this is not you. I mean, well, this is not me. That's not you. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. This is just a temporary housing for your spirit. That's all it is. This is a vehicle you leased. That's all it is. Maybe 50, 20, 80, 90, 120 years, however long you have the lease for. But you, at the end, you got to turn it in, you know? And, and so you get to move on because the truth of you is spirit. So, so taking care of the vehicle, look, look at it this way. If you turned 18 years old and somebody gave you keys to a brand new car and said, here you go, you get a brand new car free of charge because you're in life. Here's the catch, you only get one, right? You only get one car. You know how good you take care of it, right? If you had the same car you had when you were 18 years old, Holy moly, you'd be taking absolute perfect care of that thing. Well, that's your body, you know? That's your body. So it's about taking care of the vehicle that we're leasing right now, right? So, so gratitude, just being here, enables us to look at that and go, yeah, self-care. Okay, I got to change my oil, you know? I got to keep up with that stuff. It improves the way you sleep also. Gratitude helps us sleep better. Gratitude can maybe limit your overeating if there's any overeaters because, because again, we become so conscious of this vehicle we have dominion over. We are uh, entrusted with, right? We're being entrusted with these bodies. Gratitude can help ease depression. And, and people who live in gratitude at work, they say, are more productive and take less sick days. How about that? Because you just feel healthier. Gratitude improves your sleep, you exercise more often, what else? It, re it reduces your interpretation of pain, right? You, have, you feel less pain when you are in gratitude. Uh, lowers your blood pressure, lowers your heart rate, strengthens your immune system. I could go on and on. Anyway, those are the kinds of things that living in just gratitude alone can do for us physically, 
right? So it's more than just, oh, an idea. It's more than just a, um, a mental set point. It absolutely goes beyond that, and it changes our lives, helps us live longer. Um, what else? Activates your relax response. I love that. Activates your relax response. So, so here we are, and this is a practical spirituality, isn't it? Science of mind and spirit is directed thought for specific purposes. So what do you want to do with that? What do you want to do with that? I, I practice a morning prayer before I even get out of bed in the morning. And I just start with my toes. And I'm grateful for my toes because, you know, if I didn't have my toes, I'd fall on my face all the time. Really, think about it. You know how your, your toes will enable you to balance. If you're tipping forward, it's your toes that save you from face planting. So I start with my toes. I'm grateful for my ankles, grateful for my, my legs, my knees for bending, my hips. Grateful for all of that stuff. Then move on to your internal organs. Be grateful for them as well and all of the things that they do. The, your intestines and your pancreas, God only knows, right? Your liver and all of that stuff. Be grateful for your lungs and your heart and just keep working your way up your body because it is that sense of gratitude that increases things, right? We, we said that. What you're focusing on increases. So being grateful for that. Now I'm not saying you get more body, but you might, I don't know. But but it's healthier body. It's healthier body. So morning prayers for your body, for your life, for your situation. When you wake up in the morning and there's a roof over your head, being grateful for that as well. You know, everything. And then and then um, what else can we do? A touchstone. Anybody have a touchstone? Does anybody have anything in their pocket that they use? Betty, you have one. Okay. A touchstone with you, whatever it is, right? There's something that you carry around with you. I've got a, no, that's not it. I've got a microphone thing in my, that's not it. But, but a stone that says love or peace or joy, is it, is it a magical, you know, charm? No, it has no power of its own. It's, even if it's a crystal, I don't care, people. Okay, but <laughs> it's a reminder. You have it in your pocket and you reach your hand in your pocket and you touch it and you're like, oh yeah, I remember. In God we trust. Some people carry a penny with them because it says that, in God we trust means to trust God. It's a reminder. That's all it is. It's just a reminder to keep our eyes, to keep our, our consciousness on what we are grateful for. It's not a lucky charm, although, I mean, you could use it as that if you want, but it's there to remind you when you're off thinking stupid stuff. You know, when your mind wanders down that road of, oh my God, what am I going to do about blah, 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 you know, that negative stuff, and then you touch that stone, you're like, Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember God's in charge and all is well. That's fabulous. What a great reminder, right? The other thing is to, to take up that habit of being grateful for everything. Just being grateful for everything. Um, uh, who is it? Louise Hay. Wasn't it Louise Hay? Used to carry a, a mirror in her bra, right? Did, did anybody hear that story? Am I the only one that hears these things? <laughs> She used to carry a mirror in her bra, and, and she, she would pull it out every once in a while and just say, I'm so marvelous, you know, I'm so fabulous, looking gorgeous you, and she would stick it back in there. Just being, just being grateful, thankful for all of the good around us. I mean, we can be thankful for this very room, right? Are we thankful for this room? Every day I walk in here. Yes. 
Every day when I come into work, I'm grateful for this space. I am grateful for this space because it's just amazing, right? Even if it weren't amazing, I'm still grateful for this space because we get to sit together, we get to come together, we get to celebrate together, we get to play together and listen to music and stuff. So I'm, I'm thankful for this space. Say thanks to everything. Be grateful for everything, right? I'm grateful for Jordan Walker. He's our sound dude. You know, you know Jordan Walker? Right? And you can look around this room and be thankful for every other body in this room. You bring the energy. Yeah, you know, we each bring the energy into this room. It's about being thankful for everything that happens. Even the stuff that you're like, yeah, well, I'm not so thankful. Yeah, be thankful for it. Be thankful for it anyway. Because that's what grows. That's what grows. So even saying thank you, and this is the radical gratitude, even saying thank you to the unexpected, the challenging, or the quote-unquote bad news. Remember, you have to go through to get to, right? Got to go through to get to. So even being thankful for the challenging times in our lives is like, yeah, 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 this too shall pass. And I'm going to be looking at this sh stuff. I'm getting good at that now. I'm like so good at interrupting the circuit. I am going to be looking at that stuff in my rearview mirror, right? Even the stuff that's challenging, even the stuff that's dreadful, I'm going to be looking at that stuff in my rearview mirror in a month, in six months, in 12 months. And it's going to be all good. This too shall pass. And then saying their evening prayer. You know, this is just bookending our lives in prayer. So we get to the end of the day, say what you're grateful for couple of things. It doesn't have to be a laundry list of stuff. A couple of things you're grateful for about the day. Makes for good dreams. Watching the news and then going to bed does not make for good dreams. <laughs> does not make for good dreams at all. So sitting there doing your great gratitude work. Do your gratitude journal. Do a journal. It doesn't have to be a, a dear diary. You know, you don't have to do it every day. But just do a journal. Every once in a while, check in. How good is it going? Oh my God, what else can go right? Look at this, look at this miracle that happened. Two or three things to be grateful for and no repeating, that's the rule. <laughs> no repeating because your life is different. We resonate at the frequency of gratitude. We resonate at the frequency of gratitude. We have more things to be grateful for. And that's our thoughts and thanks. We keep our thoughts on gratitude. We got plenty to be thankful for. Ernest Holmes in The Reader for All Seasons said, the attitude of praise and thanksgiving are salutary. They not only lighten the consciousness, lifting it out of sadness and depression, they elevate the consciousness to the point of acceptance. Praise and thanksgiving are affirmations of the divine presence, the divine abundance, and the divine self-givingness. It is only when we live affirmatively that we are happy. It is only when we recognize the universe is built on affirmations that we live happy. So that's, that's your challenge this week. Radical gratitude. Just live in the thank you. Just live in the thank you. See how long you can keep it going. Just to see how long you can keep it going. Who's grateful for what right now? Right now. Yell it out. Water. Water. Life. Earth. Ah, grateful to be here. Children, family. There is so much to be grateful for every single moment of every single day. Let's just practice that radical gra gratitude together. Thank you so much.